Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. I did it with Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered. Uh, I'm Ed Kratz, joined by my colleague, John McMullen. We are with SI Fan Nation's Eagles Today, and uh, we are here at the NovaCare Complex uh, for day two of the Eagles Open practice. This is really their third day, but we did not see uh, Thursday's practice because it was uh, closed to the media for a walkthrough, uh, but now it's Friday, day two. It's still hot. Um, but, uh, w- w- John, what, uh, w- what did you see today? Uh, uh, defense, 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 yeah. defense, 75 minutes for those who are fans of the timing of Nick Sirianni's practices. So 75 minutes, yellow practice, which is, you know, at green practices, the first practice of the summers Ed mentioned, which was on Wednesday, that was a green practice. This one was a yellow, so a little bit more laid back. Um, but 75 minutes, the defense dominated. And I'm just finishing up uh, uh, my camp notebook that's going to be on si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Um, defense dominated. Maybe it was apropos because Vic Bangio was here, uh, the great defensive mind, former head coach of the Denver Broncos. The Eagles are going to be running sort of a, uh, a similar scheme to what he likes to run. Uh, he was here visiting practice, was seen talking to Nick Sirianni, Johnson Gannon before practice. So maybe it was a theme. The defense wanted to show off for Vic Bangia. Yeah, and like you said, Jonathan Gannon met with us before practice, the defensive coordinator. And, you know, it's not just us saying the defense dominated. We asked Jason Kelsey afterward uh, yeah. what he thought, and he said it didn't look good, you know, from the offense. He said, but he thought that the offense won Wednesday's practice, and maybe they did marginally. I thought the offense did look better Wednesday. Um, but, he, you know, he said maybe the defense, because they had gotten beaten on Wednesday, they came back a little bit more uh riled up and ready to go ears pinned back a little bit more but uh, we can dive into more detail of exactly who dominated and what uh, the domination looked like from the defense um, we'll, I'll just start by saying Jalen Hurts threw one interception he, he threw some high passes that uh, did not connect with their targets and Gardner Minshew had two through two interceptions so um, you know John if you want to talk about uh, you know those picks that we saw and who had them uh, big day for Davion Taylor. He had an interception, but it was more of that was a play made by Mac McCain, the second-year corner, sort of uh, deflecting a pass from Gardner Minshew. Jalen Rager kind of slipped on his route. Davion Taylor, though, was kind of Johnny on the spot to make the play. He also had a pass breakup later in practice, so he's showing up a bit with his athleticism. I guess the biggest Andre Sachere also intercepted uh, Gardner Minshew in seven-on-seven drills, but the the biggest play from the perspective of the defense, probably the play of the day, was Avante Maddox kind of baiting, um, and that's what Dallas Goddard called it, by the way, yeah. baiting the quarterback Jalen Hurts, 
uh, to try to fit the ball into a, a space that probably Aaron Rodgers couldn't fit it in. Shouldn't have been thrown. Uh, Avante raised up uh, and, and intercepted the football. Look, if you want to be negative, and, and people accuse us of being negative, but you got to you got to report what you see. That's the second interception we've seen from Jalen Hurts, which was a poor decision. Practice one, it was Marcus Epps sort of undercutting a, a throw. Also, the Dallas got it, by the way. So. Um, wasn't a good day for the quarterback one today. And and maybe more than the bad plays was the good plays. And I'm, I was, you know, sort of scratching my head trying to come up with the good plays offensively. There weren't many yet. Um, the biggest one that I saw was a pretty good throw to A.J. Brown down the field when when Jalen was sort of scrambling or spraying out right, which is typically what he does well, right? We all say he can't go left. Uh, he's very comfortable going to his right, so he made that play. He looked good on some zone read stuff, but we know he can do that. The stuff we need to see improvement on wasn't good today. There's no there's no spin about it. No, and again, listen, day two, we don't overreact just like we didn't overreact overreact on Wednesday. I mean, it's still July, um, long way to go here. So, you know, there's there's going to be ups and downs for, you know, each person and each uh, unit. Um, but, you know, getting back to the safety play, I mean, this was the second day we've seen a safety kind of rise up and make a case that he could be on this roster, and that's Andre Chachere, and it was Marcus Epps on Wednesday. And, you know, I did a 53-man projected list, and I had the Eagles only keeping four safeties. And those four were Jaquaski Tart, Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris, and Andre Shashari. And, I, you know, some readers reached out and said, you know, I can't believe the love for Andre Shashari. Why is he on this team? And, you know, listen, you know, if he can show that he can play safety because he's very good at special teams, and, you know, that's a reason that I think he makes the spot or makes the roster over someone like Kayvon Wallace, um, you know, if they only keep four. But, you know, Shashari made a case today that, yeah, he can play. And this is his second year now. Uh, and, you know, he has stepped up, at least today he did. Now we'll see if he can stack a few more of these practices together. Um, so that's kind of a theme here. These safeties, the first two days have really stood out. Um, I'll also mention that Nicobe Dean, it looked like he was getting some second, second team, team yeah. uh, reps uh, up from the third team reps that he had on Wednesday. And I'll also say this about the offense. Miles Sanders, to me, there weren't a whole lot of plays that were made today. You mentioned the, the pass to A.J. Brown, but Sanders, to me, looks good. I mean, he looked like he was running second team mostly today. Kenny Gainwell getting the first team reps, but again, interchangeable. But he just looks in shape. You know, they didn't throw the ball to him. We saw him have a bobbled catch on Wednesday, but they didn't throw to him. But, man, he does look quicker. Um, you know, he does look a little bit more motivated. I think he looks pretty good, and it's going to be interesting to see how they use him because they only have five running backs on this roster, uh, which is seems a little low when you get in the preseason games and you want to keep guys like Sanders and Gainwell and even Boston Scott fresh. That only leaves Jason Huntley and Kennedy Brooks to kind of carry the load. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use Sanders, you know, as the camp days roll on and then we get into the preseason on August 12th. With Yeah, I get, you know, it's funny, Ed, because I thought of it in the opposite way. I'm thinking to myself, I, I don't think Miles Sanders took one second team rep last summer. I don't think he took one. Uh, so that to me indicates that Kenny Gainwell's gaining a little bit on Miles Sanders. 
I will say where I will agree with you is he's in tremendous shape. I saw him yesterday, not uh, Wednesday, um, after practice. He just looks bigger. He, he looks uh, like he's ready for the pounding that running backs take. Um, and I think he's well aware that this is a big year for him, whether his next contract is going to come and build up or somewhere else. But I, but I noted that because, look, he was their unquestioned number one guy last year. And even when he got hurt and the Eagles started playing well with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, you remember, Ed, we asked Nick Sirianni, well, you know, are you going to keep with the hot hand? And, and Nick would say, nope. Miles is our guy, Miles is our guy. And sure enough, they went back to Miles Sanders. That's a little bit of a surprise to me that he took some second team reps. So I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for Miles Sanders. Yeah, and you know, going back to last year too, I think it was mid-October in Las Vegas when somebody other than Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell actually carried the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, Jalen Hurts runs it too. But as a running back, Sanders and Gainwell were the only two that ran it. Uh, all the way till the middle of October, even later in October yeah. when they went to Vegas and Sanders got hurt. And then Boston Scott entered the mix. So I, I think that the, Sirianni's going to probably use all three of these guys. I don't think he's going to bury Boston Scott like he did last year. I think he's going to find a way to get reps for all three of these guys. We saw Kenny Gainwell get those first team reps, and they threw the ball to him. They didn't throw it to Miles, but they threw it a couple times to Gainwell, and he made both his catches. I think it was two, maybe three, but he made them. And, you know, out in the flat, and he was able to kind of pick up some yards after the catch. So, yeah, I, you know, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. But, I, you know, I think Boston Scott's going to be in the mix. I only have them keeping three running backs in my pre-camp pre uh, 53-man projection. I think only three. They'll probably put Brooks and Huntley on the practice squad, try to get them there. But, um, you know, they're only going to keep three, and I think it's going to be those three, and we'll see how they're used. But right now, you're right, Ken. Gainwell yeah. probably has the leg up at that spot. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, last year, Nick only used two running backs. So it's going to be interesting to see. Even, you know, as you mentioned, it was Miles and Kenny at, at the start, and then Miles got hurt, and Kenny fumbled in Las Vegas as well. Yeah, kind right of before halftime, yeah. Kind of got benched, and that's when they went to Boston Scott. Then it became Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. Yeah. And then I think it was Jordan who got hurt. And then it was sort of Miles Sanders came back, and then it was Miles in Boston. And he only used two running backs. So it's going to be interesting to see if he, he sort of increases that committee approach or he goes back to Miles is my first and second down back. Kenny Gainwell is my third down and hurry up back. So let's touch on this a little bit. Jonathan Gannon said that, yeah, he's going to use Hassan Reddick to drop into coverage. And a lot of Eagles fans aren't happy about that because they think that, you know, Reddick should just be pedal to the metal, go to the quarterback as soon as the ball snapped and not worry about dropping into coverage. My contention is that Reddick's actually a pretty good pass defender, too. He can cover tight ends. He's good against backs, I think, in coverage. Um, you know, and maybe he can impact the game in coverage. When a guy catches the ball, he can knock it out, force a fumble. Um, but... Reddick even said that, yeah, he's going to be used to drop. We talked to Hassan after practice, and, yeah, they're going to drop him a little bit. And I know a lot of Eagles fans are, are upset about that. Me, I'm like, okay, well, he can make plays either way. You do want to see yeah. him get after the quarterback. But what are your, what's your thought on that, John? My thought is, you know, it, it, it depends. And, you know, JG's not going to give away the farm mm -hmm. on, on, on this first, you know, summer training camp press conference. Um Look, I think there's going to be some curveballs that, yeah, it's going to have Hassan Reddick dropping to try to um, create some doubt in the quarterback's mind. 
uh, but he's not going to do it consistently. I think people people who are worried that he's going to be an off-ball linebacker and he's going to be in coverage and chasing tight ends, I say look at the contract. The Eagles aren't paying him $15 million to not go after the quarterback. Uh, they need an edge rusher. He's been a successful edge rusher. Got a few minutes with him after practice today. He said he's up to 247 pounds. He wanted to get bigger. He wanted to get stronger. He said he, 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 he felt some pass rushing things working from a strength perspective last year in Carolina, and he wanted to sort of build on that, and he needed to get a little bit stronger. So that tells me Hassan Reddick is going to be going after the passer. I wouldn't be that concerned about that. Yeah, JG's not stupid. I mean, come on. He knows you know where the bread's buttered here for Hassan Reddick, and that's good for the quarterback. But it'll be interesting if they drop him, and then maybe, maybe they bring Maddox off a of blitz from the slot or a Jaquaski tart you know, someone who's athletic enough to put pressure on a quarterback off a of blitz. So there, there are different ways. Yeah. If you drop him, then maybe exactly. – Yeah, I mean, and that's what I would do. If you're going to drop him, then maybe blitz somebody off the edge. Maybe bring, you know, Slay in or and, – And that's what I mean by curveballs. That's what you're going to yeah. see. So if you're an opposing quarterback, especially a young quarterback, maybe not the Tom Brady's of the world, but a young quarterback who hasn't seen a lot of things and you see Hassan Redick as that overhang player – and you're expecting him to, to rush, and all of a sudden he drops, but the corner's coming, you know, that's the kind of thing that can mess with a young quarterback's mind. Who knows? Maybe he throws it right as a sign. You have an interception. That's what I think um, Jonathan Gannon was, was, was talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, certainly something that we will keep an eye on as we go along here. Um, getting back to the offense, we talked to Lane Johnson today, and uh, – <laughs> You know, well, it's always entertaining. Yeah, Lane's great, and so's Kelsey. Kelsey's, we talked to him as well. Phenomenal. They wore these Guardian covers on their helmets today. Um, Lane know, loved it. But, uh, yeah, extra layer of protection, and of course, Kelsey kind of mocked it as Lane Johnson said, and put bubble wrap on top of the Guardian. So you know that that's just going to keep the heat in too. You know, they must yeah. have been sweating like crazy with this. Well, Jason joked that it 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 makes you twenty percent safer. So he had an extra 2% from the bubble wrap. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's up to stuff. 22%, 23%. Lane said they were goopy looking. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with a couple of curse words thrown in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the players don't like him. But it's one of those things where throughout training camp, I think it's offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, tight ends, uh, mandated throughout the NFL. So new look. They look like the great kazoo if you're an old Jetsons fan. But, yeah. uh, Wasn't he on the Flintstones, too, the great kazoo? Yeah, Didn't he, he have a good little point. role there good with point. Fred Flintstone? Yeah. yeah, good point. But, yeah, that's yeah. you're right. It did look like the great kazoo. Uh, but, anyway, Lane again, and we'll, and we'll wrap up with Lane here. Uh, he's in a good headspace, he said. You know, last year at this time, nobody really knew what Lane was going through. We did not see him leaving the team at the end of September uh, and take a three-week absence to get a handle on his mental health. But he admitted today that the – a big trigger to that that kind of that spiral that he took into the mental health and uh, you know the anxiety and the uh, depression was his ankle it wasn't healed properly he couldn't run all he could do was hobble he did no running prior to camp and he he thought he was done playing he thought it was going to end his career so you know i could see that happening but now he feels good the ankle feels good it's about a year and a half removed from two surgeries uh, to repair the ankle. So he's in a good headspace, and we all know that's a good sign for the Eagles because their record is a lot better 
with that right tackle in the lineup than it is yeah. out of the lineup. What a what a player Lane Johnson is and has been. But you know, I was thinking about that Ed, and, and I'm starting to one of, one of the surprises of camp to me thus far has been the right guard spot in yeah. that it's been Isaac Sayamalu and then Sua Opeta. And they haven't really put Jack Driscoll, who did a great job at right guard when he was healthy last year and forced him to action. They've been keeping him at right tackle. And I can't help thinking, you know, they know the issues Lane has gone through with that ankle and reconstructive surgery. And even though it feels better, um, you got to pre be prepared if something goes wrong with that ankle. Um, and maybe they're getting Jack Driscoll ready, you know, just in case Lane Johnson uh, does break down from that ankle. It's a very, very serious injury. And to have that kind of effect on his mental makeup kind of tells you that. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, but I, I, I said all along that, you know, I thought Driscoll would kind of be that super sub. We know he can play guard. Now he's going to get the reps at tackle. So he kind of be, he's going to be like, you know, that super sub that can play guard tackle if needed. But right now you're right. If something were to happen to Lane, last year when he left the team with the depression issues, they moved Jordan Milata to right tackle and put Andre Dillard in. And, you know, Milata's not a right tackle. He's just not comfortable there. He's a much better player at left tackle. I think the Eagles know that. And I think they're stealing themselves if something were to happen to Lane, that they're not going to do that again. They're probably going to put Jack Driscoll in there to play right tackle. So, um, interesting. Any other final thoughts? Um, first consecutive days uh, right back on the practice field tomorrow yeah. on Saturday morning. So, it's going to be interesting to see the level of intensity of that particular practice, then a day off on Sunday. And that's going to be a theme throughout uh, this camp because the Eagles have shifted things and with a focus on keeping the players not only healthy, but uh, juice in their legs, so to speak, energized. And uh, we'll see how it all shakes out, but we'll be here for all of it. Yeah, yeah. and then, uh, so will the heat. Uh, it's not expected oh. to cool off at all this weekend, so we'll be back at it, uh, bringing you whatever we uh, learn here from the Novacare Complex. So that's it for now. John McMullen, Ed Kratz, check us out, si.com, backslash NFL, backslash Eagles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.